urge you to please notice when you are happy and exclaim or murmur or think at some point, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Kurt Vonnegut. Michael Ling earned her MFA in poetry at Indiana University. She has three collections of poetry published by Sunny Outside Press of Buffalo, New York, Three Islands, Sweetgrass, and Settlement. In 2011, she won the Eugene and Marilyn Glick Indiana Emerging Author Award. She also writes freelance music reviews and manages her own website, ringsidereviews.com. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus dorsey Micah, what poems have you brought for us? Stanford. Can you tell me about smoking cools for so long that you can't imagine an hour without them? Can you tell me about a desire like that? Can you tell me about the day-in, day-out drag? Can you imagine giving them up? Do you scare yourself with that thought? Like fasting forever? I was once addicted to a boy, thought every night about wrapping my legs around him. Sometimes I scared myself with thinking about without, like waking up, thinking, thank God it's not as lonely here as in that dream, only it is. Like looking over a cliff and wondering just for a minute, do you smoke in your dreams? Do you quit in your dreams? Do you walk in your dreams? Do you imagine the day you'll have a woman wrap her legs around you, that unending night, the rhythm, the relief? Why wouldn't there be cools at the end of that? Settlement. You drive a vacant road and hear a song that takes you back. Realize here and now that your past innocence never return. It's a hollow feeling, empty and strange, like being on a cliff, maybe slipping a bit. Wonder for a moment if you might be able to get it back. If you drive the truck fast enough, if you make enough dust, but you can't. Mourn the loss of this feeling, asking a girl or a boy to your room, trembling and shaking together for the first time. You don't want to, but you wonder how many first times of anything you'll have again. This is the sickest pain there is, wanting life to back up, wanting another moment as a child. This is the naked we dream the stark slap of darkness. Hollis. All of my grandparents were dead before my 16th birthday. That's true. I told kids who asked why you lived with us that you were my grandfather. That wasn't true. But when considering the afternoons spent watching, the way I watched my twin brother to learn how to crawl and walk and ride a BMX in a tight circle and off a curb, well... Maybe you were more than family. Maybe you were blood and bones and all things that count. I wish my name was Little Creek. I wish I could have another longest summer afternoon that smells like leather, like sage, and the truest rain that falls. Wall. I saw another beautiful woman today. She walked so close, was not at all afraid of me. She had thin feet a quick pace, and kept a hand out, but didn't touch. One time, she stopped to wedge her foot against me and the ground. We were connected through her, the woman, the wall, the dirt, not so different. 
There was music in her ears, and she whispered things about her brother, how he's so wise and so far away. There's no way that she could walk that distance, no way that she could get there today. It feels wrong to be here beside her, listening in. It feels wrong not to break down, not to help her go faster. You've been listening to poems by Micah Ling on The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus-Dorsey. Micah, listeners will um, notice that they hear multiple poems with the same title and that, uh, and that that title is also the – one of those titles is the title of the book. Can you talk about how it's organized, this book in two acts? Uh, yeah, it's – the settlement poems, there are several poems within – each act called settlement and that's sort of me wrestling with what that word means and there are also several poems in the book that sort of distort definitions settlement being one of them reservation occupation uh, and and me just sort of getting a grasp on that word and what it means to settle in general and what it means for an entire people to settle with certain situations And it's written in two acts with two casts of characters uh, because I wanted to write about the American Indian struggle and my experience growing up, sort of being aware of that but not knowing what to do with it. And it all became sort of clear when I visited uh, Israel and Palestine, spent some time away from the United States and the ongoing conflict with the American Indians that I could realize sort of how the two – fit together really well or paralleled each other. Uh, And so then I decided that it was two stories but one, and that's how I put it into the same book. I notice that um, with your three books, there's always um, a strong connection to place. Place is very significant to the speakers in your poems, for sure. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that for you as a writer? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I was just I'm teaching Brokeback Mountain in a class right now, and so we've been watching interviews of, of Annie Prue, and she's like huge on place and says yeah. that everything has to do with place. And I really agree with that. I've spent a lot of time in a lot of places, and I actually don't I don't personally get attached to places in terms of being super sentimental about home or where I live. I like to go a lot of places and experience what happens in different places. So to me, it is crucial. And uh, I really enjoy observing a lot. I feel like that's kind of my role as a poet, as a writer, to just observe uh, landscape and also just how people fit into that landscape and react and, you know, live among each other. Yeah. So that's uh, hopefully that's what this book is doing a little bit, especially when place is threatened, you know, like uh, when you feel like, you know, even if you don't own a place that you're part of it. And so when things are threatened about your place, uh, that's that's pretty intense, pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. Your your poems all I mean, from three islands on, it seems that place is always coming to us through people 
really very much about looking at how place is related to, to people rather than them being, you know, pastoral or, you know, the poems themselves being about yeah. the place. They're really very much about how people and places affect one another and are yeah, – Yeah, yeah. And mostly how – I mean how people react to – the, the place that they're in or the situation that they're thrown into. I mean, yeah. just thinking about Amelia Earhart, uh, hopefully I was portraying her as just being a really sort of insignificant piece of, you know, the land that she was inhabiting. Right. And Three I Islands. Yeah. yeah. In, in your Three Islands collection, what do you think of, of the recent discovery? Oh, it makes me incredibly excited, like giddy. I mean, to see Amelia Earhart back in the news and to see people interested in that story. I mean, that's I've been interested in that story since I was a kid and just the mystery of it, but also wondering, you know, like about this woman and about this woman who is doing something different from everyone else and doing something that a lot of people said she couldn't do. Right. Uh, I feel like really connected to that sort of thing. Like, yeah. well, if you tell me I can't do it, I'm definitely going to do it. Um, but yeah, so also, I mean, in my version of her story, I, I was imagining that she survived and then lived sort of this lonely life on this island. Uh, so to see clues of that being true in the news recently is sort of like, yeah, well, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like what's interesting to me, I'm just realizing as you're talking about this, that so much of the interaction between place and people in your poetry, has a, there's a lot of desolation, a lot of sparseness. You know, the the landscapes are very dry and yeah. and and sparse, mm-hmm. and so people sort of come to have a kind of gr- even greater importance in that. Yeah. yeah, you know, right? It sort of forces them right to I th- themselves. I think people realize a lot of things when they're lonely. You know, and when you're in a like Sweetgrass is entirely about Montana and when you're in Montana, in the mountains of Montana, you realize pretty quickly how tiny you are and how wild it is. Uh, and I think that's pretty significant. I think it's easy to go, especially today, you know, through our lives and constantly interacting and constantly tuned into all kinds of devices and whatever, uh, to just set that aside and not ever allow yourself to get really lonely or feel tiny. So I'm but it's necessary. And you can still do it pretty easily. I mean, no matter where you are, in a city or in Montana. So I think that's kind of a necessary thing to remember. Great. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you.